welcome to Healthy Perspectives with Jeremiah, a podcast that brings you current social and cultural issues through a clinical lens. Hello, hello. Uh, for those of you who are brand new to our show, thank you for joining us. Those of you who've been here a while, thank you for coming back. We definitely appreciate your time. We don't want to waste it. So we are going to get after it right here, right now. Today, I'm going to make a case against anger. I know I did a special uh, podcast. I released it last night. Well, the, it'll be two days ago by the time this gets officially posted. But I did one the the day of the shooting, and I posted it right away. And, you know, I, we'll see how that one goes over. But I also want to catch the aftermath of what happens for me as a therapist, not just the, uh, the in the moment, what's going on. And so I'm going to do that today. Uh, in the aftermath of this situation, I got to tell you, here's my, my single greatest desire is that you, you listening to me right now, you are not wielded like a sword for someone else's wish list, somebody else's agenda. I don't want that for you. That is... When we have an emotional response of anger, we can and often do become the most easily manipulated that we will ever be. Unfortunately, it comes with this feeling that we are gaining control back, but it's the opposite. It's the opposite of that. So I'm going to make a case that anger is the doorway that leads us to our most manipulated state of being. And that's a big undertaking. And I'm going to do it in a very short time. So hang on, we're going for a ride. I am going to put up on the screen for those of you watching on Rumble and YouTube. I'm having to do this live because I didn't have the time to do this ahead of time. I would have preferred to do a little prep work on this particular moment. But in light of not being able to do it, here we go. So you're going to get, for those of you who've been with me, you know that when I scribble, it is absolute scribbles. I am not... Uh, definitely not the most artistic individual in the world, but I'm going to do this real quick and hopefully we'll see. I'll try to do it with my finger and get it to work out right the very first time. So some of you may have seen this before. This, these uh, are teacups, right? And in these teacups are emotions. Down below the teacups is a whole big bowl and it catches any exit. That looks like a face here. Let me put a couple more. For those of you who are not watching, wow. My artwork is just stupendous. In this, so the dot up at the top represents external influence of any kind. Anything that's coming in externally, not from within. 
Uh, although this can fill up some from our internal dialogue of external experiences, but I'm going to save that for a different day. These external influences in this particular situation, many of us had our emotional cups filled up by a, a school shooting again. And it's going to fill a whole lot of cups. So there's a whole bunch of emotions. I'll go over that in just a minute. But down below, there's this bowl. This bowl is the anger bowl. And then up above here is a giant pitcher. And that pitcher is the love pitcher. Now, the love pitcher has a way of cleaning out emotions. Think back. For those of you who have been with me, you might have heard this. But those of you who haven't, this is a first time. The love pitcher, I'm going very fast, by the way. The love pitcher has a way of cleaning out emotions. These emotions like uh, the, the big teacups, uh, you know, something like we'll call this one the anxiety cup. And we'll call this one the sad um, I know my, my scribbles are tough to watch and then so on and so on. So they're all different emotions, but when they overflow, when that dot hits and goes boom and it makes a mess, the anger bull is there ready to capture it. Why? Because that's its job. Its job is to be there and say, um, this was actually kind of important to you, but the love pitcher cleans it all out. Now that's an important concept because the love being poured out is what makes the emotions tolerable. If we are in a position where we are not feeling loved, the emotions become very quickly become intolerable, literally intolerable. We cannot handle them. We cannot manage them. And they overflow into the anger. And the anger is all of the different emotions in a single bowl. Okay, so I flew through that. I'm going to close that out for those of you who are watching, and I'm going to go on to show you one other thing that I have here. The, the different, um, oh, I don't have it open apparently. All right. The different anger or the different emotions that we have. Oh, there's a bazillion of them. Uh, just for simplicity, I'm going to pull up one real quick and let you see how complex this can become. And what we can do about it is coming. So just hang on for a second. Give me a second to, uh, oh boy, there we go. And share, oh, my screen shrunk. Sorry about the difficulties today, folks. I, I am I'm doing the best that I can and today it's not super great. But there you go. You should be able to see a whole bunch of, this is a very typical chart you'll see in, uh, in a therapeutic uh, environment. You know, you've got exhausted, confused, ecstatic, guilty, and there's, there's tons. There, there are more than you're gonna see represented here. This is one that I like because it comes with faces, so you can see. I wanted you to see that. You have a teacup for every single one of them, all of them and more, all right? That's important as we move forward. Why? Because I'm gonna, not, now that I've gone over the emotional teacups and how they work and how love cleans them out, I'm going to go into, assume for a moment, you right now, where you are, assume for a moment that I know some of the emotions behind your anger. If I know four or five of those emotions, 
I don't even have to know them all, but I know some of them. And I can strategically bounce from one emotion to another, to another, and to another on purpose because I'm a smart guy and, you know, I'm paying attention to you. And I, in this scenario, do not give you time to process where I'm taking you. I just bounce you from one, drop something I want you to have, bounce you to another, drop another, bounce you to another, and I basically use it as a a line of Skittles that's making you follow me wherever I want to take you. That's the way that anger works. If I know enough about you to leave a line of Skittles from emotion to emotion to emotion, I can make you go anywhere that I want you to go. I could effectively control you. I could wield you as a weapon for whatever I want to use you for. And worst part of this, the worst part of this is that I'd be able to convince you in the moment at least that you want to go there. This is how we uh, escalate behaviors in crowds. This is how uh, demagoguery in in the political world works. It typically, the doorway in If I take you from the emotion behind the anger, using the anger as the doorway, and I lead you down a pathway to my friend called fear, I basically have complete control of you. And I'm telling you right now that happens. I'm going to tell you how to stop it from happening, but it is happening all around. It's why we can't have reasonable adult-like conversation about very important topics like gun violence, school shootings, racism, drugs, alcohol. Many times we do not have reasonable adult-like conversation about those things Parenting would be another one of them. And the reason for it is because I've effectively assumed control of you if I were to manipulate you like this. I'm using your emotions, which I got there by seeing your anger, finding the emotion behind it, and manipulating you down a path to where I wanted to take you. And then... At that point, at that time, I have your prefrontal cortex shut down. That's the front part of your brain, right behind your eyebrows, your forehead. I shut it down. And you have lost the ability to make new meaning. You are stuck in a cycle of emotion because I led you down the path to fear and anger is the doorway. Anger is the doorway. It's the bull at the bottom 
think about this. The bull, if, if anger is, is the bull at the bottom, it's catching all these different emotions, making it easy for me to pick an emotion that connects to something else in the bowl. Why? Because they're all mixed up. Now, I'm coming at you kind of hard, I know. But anger is the easiest way to take somebody to fear. You have somebody who's anger, I can make you more scared. And not the good fear, the fear of reverence and respect, the bad, ugly fear, the fear of being scared, cowardly. That's the doorway. And if I laid out a reasonable case here, that anger is a doorway that allows me or somebody to manipulate you and take you to fear, I'm going to, st- I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you as clearly as I can. Don't go. Don't go. Do not waste your time, your energy, and your resources going down that pathway. Please don't. Okay, but who would I be as a therapist if I didn't then say, well, what are the options? What do we do about it? Because, you know, it might be all well and good for me to say, don't go. But how do I not go? My emotions, they pull me, they pull me, and they pull me. All right, so number one, going back to that diagram that I showed you at the beginning. There was a picture. What's in that picture? Love. Love is in that picture. When people are hurt, sad, anxious, nervous, uh, you know, excited, we always need love. And love balances emotions. It doesn't solve them, but it balances them. And that's a good thing. It'll clean out those cups and make them more tolerable so that you are less likely to go from anger to fear to a behavior that you will regret forever and ever. So one, pour out love on the situation, which is the message that I gave you in that last podcast. Pour love. By the way, For those of you who don't know, didn't pay attention or weren't around when I did the podcast on this, when we pour out love, it opens our door to receive love. If we are not giving love, we effectively close the door to receive love. Psychologically, they work hand in hand. You cannot separate the two. Second option for you. Manage your emotions in the teacup. If you manage the emotions, individual emotions of sadness or anxiety or, uh, you know, whatever they are, fill in the blank. If you manage them as they sit in that teacup, it's like evaporating part of the cup. When you manage them, you can, uh, you can, the effect could be that they don't fill up and overflow into the anger bowl. So that's an option. That's a good option, possibly. Let's say something externally fills up your cup and it overflows and you couldn't, you, you just couldn't do anything about it. 
because sometimes we're, that's the way we are. Some of us have small emotional cups in certain categories. I do. When that happens, there is only really one trick. One very difficult trick to apply. But this practical application thing is challenge, but it's doable. That trick, add thought between the feeling and the action. And sometimes that means you have to take time. Remember, if your prefrontal cortex shuts down, you have to get back online first in order to add thought. Otherwise, I'm still manipulating you. And here's the tricky part. Here's why it's so difficult. Because you will sit there and convince yourself that you are seeing it clearly, your thoughts are engaged, but what it is is you are reiterating an old argument in your mind out of habit. Slow down. Put time and thought between the feeling and the action, and you can create success. Whatever you got to do within reason to create that time and the thought. Maybe it's go for a walk. Maybe it's take a a cold shower or a hot shower. Maybe it's, uh, I'm going to juggle for 10 minutes. Maybe it's, whatever it is, drink some water. Whatever gives you space to gather your thoughts re-engage your prefrontal cortex where you are open to new meaning before you open your mouth to speak. Because if all we are doing is a million monologues about school shootings, we've heard them before. We know where those go. We need dialogue. We need to engage that prefrontal cortex, folks. We need to help each other engage that. And we're not going to get there by manipulating people's emotions. We're not. So if you're a manipulator of emotions, do me a favor. Get out of the conversation. You're not helping. If you are somebody who can help somebody open up their mind and their emotion and then step back and hear them, you belong in the conversation, which is what we do as therapists, or at least we try to. We're not perfect, but that's one, one of those really important things that we often do in the therapeutic world. So there you go. A, a few tools to go with this case against anger. My hope is that you look at anger as an enemy and you look at fear as an enemy not as a friend. They are not your friends. Anybody who's going to manipulate your anger and take you down the pathway to fear, they are not your friend either. Step back, create time, pour love on the situation, manage your emotions at the teacup level before they ever pour into the bowl. And love, love, love the crap out of each other. That's the process. It's not, it's not rocket science. It's people science. I hope this was helpful. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.
Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Take a look at the details of our podcast for links to our website and other helpful information. 